transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. And a beautiful thing happened this week. It was finally cool enough in the morning for a daylight walk. 55 degrees, that's Fahrenheit for our French listeners. And for the first time since early June, I went to the closet and found a a pullover, whatever they call them. A shirt that goes over a shirt, not a sweater. Sweaters aren't allowed in the Mojave. Whatever sweater weather might be, it has long been illegal in the desert. Because sweaters, as anybody can tell you, are the natural habitat of breeding centipedes. If you're listening to the program in the Mojave Desert on this last day of summer in the year of our eternal fury, 2021, congratulations. If you're listening on the first day of autumn, Congratulations. As somebody in the Bible said, Congratulations, you people. What's that from? Anybody know? Attributed to Jesus. Uh, translation I enjoy because it sounds extra sarcastic. Congratulations, you poor. God's domain belongs to you. Congratulations, you hungry. You will have a feast. Congratulations, you who weep now. You will laugh. Sort of like that old Traveling Wilbury song. Congratulations for breaking my heart. Congratulations for tearing it all apart. The Beatitudes, that first part I mean. The staggering account of the Sermon on the Mount which I don't pretend to understand at all. It was blessed and not congratulations last time I went to church, and I'm pretty sure they've since scrapped it all together, the whole thing. If the poor and the hungry will be satisfied, well, that means a couple of billionaires will have a little bit less until they double it all again during the next pandemic or firestorm or earthquake or meteor strike or once in a century solar storm which just happens to be due right about now considering that the last major solar storm was in 1921 exactly a century ago The one who went to space a couple of weeks ago, I don't remember his name. He lost half his fortune to a divorce because, if I recollect, a Saudi prince put some spyware on the guy's phone 
while they were at the table together plotting evil, one can assume, and then the online retailer guy had his marital affair revealed and half his fortune went to his ex, who I believe is doing environmental penance now, which is good. There is a lesson to remember somewhere in there about the mighty falling and whatever. Congratulations, you poor. And then there's a possibly more relevant lesson in the fact that by year one of the pandemic, he had more billions than he had before the divorce. The divorce was ultimately the result of spyware on a phone. And uh, according to the news this week, everybody's got that same kind of spyware on their phone now, which can turn on the camera and the mic and record everything and live transmit to headquarters. Which headquarters might matter and it might not. Either way, ransoms will be paid, as in the days of old, days that closely mirror our own, the days of the Black Death. And the Hundred Years' War. And the Avion Papacy. This was the 14th century when knights formed great criminal companies dedicated to the mission of fire and fury, village and murder. All to get out of the house for a few months. Knights were supposed to take fellow knights as prisoners held for ransom and often kept in high style until the gold could be raised, generally by threat of killing somebody else in another place entirely. There's a, a real good history book about this era called A Distant Mirror by Barbara Tuckman. We were trying to celebrate the start of autumn and somehow everything turned toward the Black Death. And autumn doesn't quite mean what we like it to mean in the hot, dry deserts of the Southwest. Over in Phoenix or Las Vegas, you still see people putting little booties over the paws of their miserable little dogs. Those brief walks so the dog can relieve itself in the hundred-degree sadness. Where autumn colors just means the various shades of beige slopped on the three modest houses surrounding your own because the flippers are flipping. As fall arrives in its vague and unsettling way, critical fire danger, dried up rivers and lakes and aquifers, a day shorter but still a challenge to human existence, the pandemic real estate market gears up for another frantic season of counteroffers and all-cash buyers... Renters find their pandemic assistance has vanished just as a new crop of better-off people are looking to upgrade, looking to get out of the cities where the retail stores are gone and the restaurants veer wildly. Not just from the waves of official pandemic closures and rules, but from the more crucial waves of sentiment from the people themselves. 
Businesses may have their open now signs fluttering outside, but the grim reality of the Delta and the rebellion and the resistance has emptied out the dining rooms and movie theaters despite those signs. And everybody's righteous and screaming about it all. There is no compromise anywhere when everybody is ready to strangle anyone else for anything at all. Those pandemic hotspot maps always make me queasy, especially when I look at Appalachia, especially where my own paternal family comes from. A place where human communities have been exploited and belittled and destroyed by wave after wave of corporate evil. Especially in the pharmaceuticals department. The pharma corporations targeted the poverty-plagued regions of eastern Kentucky and the Blue Ridge and etc. Because if you want to market a dangerously addictive opiate painkiller, then it's best to have a lot of people who are always in pain. Physically and mentally and emotionally and especially economically. Bodies wrecked and discarded by the coal companies, wrecked at 40 years old. And told to work minimum wage at the dollar general family dollar dollar world for mere survival. You know, if I'd lost a dozen relatives to Purdue Pharma's murder pills... I might be pretty suspicious of the next miracle cure, too. If I'd watched everybody I love die at 50 years old, or earlier, as in the 14th century, I guess I'd be as reckless as the peasants who went on wild rampages through the French countryside in those post-plague years. Killing anybody who looked comfortable, anybody who claimed to have an answer for sale. Like the priest. Everybody's stupid and desperate in a real crisis. That's the truth. And if you're feeling smug about anything, really, just remember that people who should have known better were told they could avoid a respiratory virus by constantly washing their hands like some OCD raccoon. And they bought it. You probably bought it. We all bought it. We bought the hand sanitizer from the fly-by-night companies cranking out the stuff. Looked and smelled like a combination of bathtub gin and bathtub meth. And when you found out it was all a lie, a top-down lie to cover up a top-down failure to have enough medical masks on hand for a pandemic everybody knew was coming, one of these days... When we tended to shrug and then we tended to start yelling at somebody else we thought was maybe 3% dumber. Everybody's at war every day, all of the time.
vast dry sea of barren plains, sand, and rugged mountains. A region which seldom knows rain and where few men or plants can live. All the continents have deserts, but the greatest of all is found in the United States of America. Yet in this vast, only about three million people live. Fewer than in some large cities of Europe, so little rain falls that only the hardiest of plants can survive. And in its part, several years may pass between short cloud bursts. Mountain ranges where peaks rise to a height of nearly 11,000 feet. And salty plains where distant layers of heated air reflect the sky in a mirage. Barren sands may reach for hundreds of miles with dunes 500 feet high. A rolling sea of sand where desert winds blow the constantly shifting waves, where nothing green can grow, and where neither man nor animal can live for long. In modern times, man has built railways, but the trains are small, and these rains reach into the desert only a few hundred miles. Beyond the rails are roads, some of which go completely across, but such roads are poor, and in some places, piles of rock are needed to help mark the route. At emergency stations, water and gasoline are available for passing cars and cargo trucks carrying supplies to the few lonely towns of the desert. Airplanes, Airplanes too, too are carrying, carrying passengers and cargoes swiftly over dunes and mountains, covering in hours a distance that would take many days by train or auto and many months on foot or camel. But the one local airline reaches only a few of the main desert cities, and even they are very small, merely a few hundred houses where four or five thousand persons may live. At such cities, there's usually a stream supplying farms and a palm grove. But still, in this barren land, wood is precious, and most houses are made of earth. The clay... thy merciful hands, O infinite power, I commend my son, thy will be done. Don't this, please. I can't help it, baby. He was so young, so strong. Why did they... My daughter, it's not for us to question. It's about time someone started questioning where are you going, David? To get hold of this. Nearby, desert farm products are exchanged for goods from other areas. Dates and grains from local farms, sheep and goats from northern mountains, or metalware and clothing from Europe. Such goods are brought by the trains, trucks, and planes. Without them, the desert cities would have a much more primitive life and far less security. But away from these cities are millions of square miles of desert in which live many thousands of persons. To reach such remote areas, man must use the only beast of burden which can live well in the desert, the camel. A camel's wide, flat feet do not sink into desert sand. It can eat hay or straw, but can live equally well on desert grasses, and its nostrils can be closed against blowing sand. 
Though ugly, ill-tempered, and hard to train, a camel is the most valuable animal in the desert. It can travel five or six days without water, under conditions which would soon kill a horse or an ox. A camel can cover 50 miles a day with a rider or a load of 500 pounds. Camel caravans are still the only means of carrying food and supplies to distant tribes in the remote wastes of sand and mountains. You need have no fear of enemies here, my son. You're with friends. What is your name? The last man who asked me that tried to kill me. Well, never mind. It doesn't matter. We judge a man here by his deeds, not by his name. Rest easy and we'll have you on your feet in no time. I don't know how I can repay you. are soon eaten, and the flock must move on, perhaps many miles, to find another pasture. Those who tend such wandering flocks are called nomads, people with no permanent home. A small caravan of camels may carry a family of nomads and all their belongings. Here, enough grass has been found to give a few days grazing to the lean nomad flocks. So camp is made. A nomad tent is a strange house, but an extremely practical one for the desert. The dwelling must often be moved, and this tent can be rolled up and carried on the back of a camel. The coarsely woven material helps keep out blowing desert sand, and being low and rounded, the tent offers little resistance to strong desert winds. The family's water bags are hung on a pole tripod. Coffee is ground with a brass mortar and pestle. But aside from this, the nomad's cooking equipment is limited to a few battered pots and pans and wooden bowls for mixing food. Scattered widely through the desert are springs or groups of wells. Such a water source is called an oasis. And here, men can live, cultivate fields, and build a village. An oasis can become a lush garden in a desert waste, with a profusion of vegetables, grains, fruits, and flowers. In summer temperatures, which may reach 130 degrees, a palm grove may be the only shade within many miles. Dwellers have no coal, gas, or oil for fuel, but again, the palm provides. Dead leaves are carefully gathered for fire. Without the palm, this man would have difficulty finding fuel for cooking. And without a palm's logs for rafters and palm leaves for covering, his mud house would be without a roof. Sound Soundscapes tonight by Joshua Dree's own Red, Blue, Black, Silver.
you notice all the people in broadcast media are now constantly trying to launch lame catchphrases like the long shuffle or the big fake or the widest receiver because they aren't poets, because they aren't even wordsmiths. It never works. But they keep trying. So maybe I'll try too. Maybe the world really did end on January 1 of the year 2000 when the computers could not figure out what time it was. Maybe that's when our reality, our version of the universe, veered off into permanent chaos. The two-plus decades historians now refer to as the final freakout. As a species, and of course when we're talking about species, we can and should generalize. As a species, we are depressed, anxious, bored, gullible, confused, and weirdly proud of announcing to everybody at all times that we are enraged. That we are crying. That we are so tired of being angry all the time. Maybe try some marijuana, you know? Some sleepy time tea. Whatever's legal in your jurisdiction. Just be careful around doctors, because if you happen to mention the fact that folly and greed have created a planet of fools being led to a psychic slaughterhouse... In the name of constant entertainment and personal consumer choice, well, they will have the van waiting outside. Put her under permanent observation. She's on to us. The high school in my neighborhood made it three whole days before it locked down for a gun on campus. Three days after two years of the schools being locked up. Maybe the school should have stayed locked up, I guess. Maybe all the buildings should remain locked up. Just leave them that way forever, like in the Omega Man. The survivors can move to the Great Plains, which, by the way, encompass much of what we consider desert today. The southern plains of West Texas, of northern New Mexico, that beautiful southeastern corner of Arizona that goes into Sonora, Mexico. Rich grasslands not so long ago. Part of our American Serengeti, too. Just needs a little cooperation from us and nature will do the rest. Take down the fences, let those miserable drought-ruined farms die with dignity. The pronghorn and the bison and the massive herds of mule deer and the majestic packs of Mexican wolves and the ever-adaptive coyotes will take it from there. Have you been to the American Prairie Reserve or any of the other prairie reserves in Southern Colorado, West Texas? Bits of it remain to this day. Link it together and the big animals can move with the seasons, with the droughts, with the climate. And when you get something like 3 million acres of connected public and private land, the fences down, the rivers and streams wild and free, the roads open, just please don't crash into a bison. Well, that's Eden, a workable chunk of it anyway.
from Amboy to Zizix and across the great Mojave wilderness, this has been Desert Oracle Radio, broadcasting from our home base in Joshua Tree, California. I'm your host, Ken Lane. Happy autumn to you all. Why not? Why not have a happy autumn? Happier, less awful, less a cog in the wheel of 24-hour anxiety. Why not try that? Carve pumpkins, not people. Desert Oracle Radio is going on the road, and on Friday, September 24th, I will be taping a live episode at the Pygmalion Festival in Urbana, Illinois, 8 p.m. at the 25 o'clock brewery. And at 10 o'clock, we're moving to the Analog Wine Bar, about a two-minute walk away, for the Pygmalion Literary Something or Other, where I'll be reading from Desert Oracle Volume 1. At least as a plan, a lot can change between the post-show drinks at the one venue and whatever happens at the next venue. A lot can change with the audience, I mean. And speaking of breweries, on Sunday, September 26th, I'm going to be in Chicago at Illuminated Brew Works, Lodge Number 1. It's on the north side of Norwood Park. Look it up on your spyware device. Tickets on sale now for both shows. Just go to DesertOracle.com and click Events. That Pygmalion show is only $15. That's like the price of one fancy beer. And the Chicago show is selling out fast, which is a relief to me, but not to you if you don't have tickets and you want to go. Now, as they pushed me into the radio booth, there were 20, what, 21 tickets left for Sunday, September 26, 7 p.m. at Illuminated Brew Works, Lodge Number 1. You know, Brian from IBW has uh, sent me some of the delicious brews they cook up there under guidance of this goat god thing they've got on the wall to worship. They're good kids, just a little weird. Thank you for listening, and good night from the voice of the desert. <laughs>